The first half of MLB's 2022 season has provided more entertaining storylines, in my opinion, than most previous full seasons could only dream from the New York Yankees absolutely dominating their competition. Well, except for the new, the, the uh, Houston Astros, who seem to have the Yankees numbers to the explosion of even home runs at the college level, which generates tons of chatter for the MLB fan base, fantasizing about that next level of athlete that's on their way to the big leagues, to the excitement brewing over all the potential destination cities such as Las Vegas and Nashville as becoming the next members of the league with teams of their own, to even Tommy Pham's slap of Jock Peterson. The storylines just kept coming and coming in the first half. So to date, who are the surprising teams, players, and moves made by the league and what are our expectations for the second half of the season to answer some of that we've invited 35 year sports journalist and former dodger exec jorge martin as we discuss all of the above and more on this episode of the bunker halfway through the the mlb season Incredible things have taken place, and we're looking forward to having a quick discussion about it. I think, um, well, I'll expound quite a bit on some of the things that are of interest to me moving forward. But let's get right into it with Jorge. First and foremost, I'd like to discuss a few things as far as current standings. And Jorge and I are on record, on record in our April episode regarding who's going to win, who's going to lead, who's going to do this and that. I'm going to put on my old man glasses here. So... (laughs) If I remember correctly, Jorge and I basically, let's start with the AL and then we'll get into the NL. Um, Beast mode, the original beast mode seems to be back in play and that is in the form of the New York Yankees. Oh, yeah. These guys are absolutely killing it right now. And uh, Jorge and I, we actually had, if you look at our episode back in April, as far as the launch of MLB season, we both actually had the, the Yankees up there, but we also thought that the, that division, the AL East, was going to be arguably one of the most competitive because the Yankees, we felt, were going to be strong. We felt Tampa Bay was going to be very strong, and they're currently sitting at the All-Star break at 51-41. Yankees are at 64-28. and 28. Tampa Bay is 51-41. and 41. Toronto, who we both felt was going to be a whole lot stronger, and they're still strong, but they're at 50-43. and 43. Now, pulling up the rear of that division, to me, that division by far is the strongest, the most oh, yeah. is the strongest division this year because no one is under 500 in that division. Even the Red Sox, who the Yankees smashed, I think that they had some <laughs> leading into the All Star. There was a, it was a pretty bad situation. I think the Yankees, <laughs> I think they outscored them over 18 innings. I think the Red Sox scored maybe three. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the Yankees just pounded them. But if you look at that division, I just spoke on Yankees, the Rays, the the Blue Jays. Boston, not doing it. They're not, they're doing well. They're 48 45. And last but not least are the Orioles. And the Orioles are even. They're at 500 into the break at 46 and 46. I can't think of another another division where you have so much strength across the board. And then on the top of that division, you have the powerhouse of powerhouses. So before we even touch the National League, leading up, I was not surprised by the three top dogs, Yankees, Tampa Bay, and uh, Toronto. I am surprised at how strong 
the Yankees have played. So that, to me, is the biggest surprise. Not that they're in first in their division, but how they've actually accomplished that play. So I'd love to ask you a little bit about who surprised you team-wise, player-wise, thus far. And let's also go into, right after that, what's not surprised you? Who hasn't surprised you? They've, they've performed so. As far as I'll answer that real quick first. No surprises that that division is as strong as it's turned out to be so far this year. So I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that that division perform, has performed at that level. I am surprised that the Yankees have performed the way in which they perform. I'll turn it over to you. Go for it. Well, on that one, I think, uh, to me, the big surprise is Baltimore being 46 and 46 at the All-Star break. I mean, this is a team that lost 110 games last year. So I mean, that you think that it's going to be more of a progression, but they got hot. They ended up winning some, t you know, they, they ended up going on a hot streak right there in the last uh, couple weeks. And mm -hmm. uh, they're starting to get a little pitching. Their prospects are starting to come up and do some good things. And they're great their great catching prospect adley rutschman who is one of the best prospects in baseball has come up and i think it's great because baltimore is such a great baseball town great sports city but i i look at that one and i just i, I want him the yankees the the only thing that surprised me is that they've been pitching as well as they have I, they have garrett cole they had a lot of question marks going into the season i i i do wonder if that pitching is going to hold up it's been uh, there's there's no way around it it's been a couple of wonky years when it comes to uh when because of the pandemic the you, you had you had you know 2020 where you had the abbreviated season so players aren't stretched out as much pitchers aren't stretched out as much and then last year you know very few pitchers pitched a full season so you know coming off of the shortened season so i think the yankees are just, they're just bludgeoning people Aaron Judge right now he is the the runaway favorite. He's having a great the 33 home runs at the All Star break. He's just absolutely mm -hmm. destroying the, the destroying the league. The thing I look for with him is does he does he remain healthy because he has had injury problems that are, that have come that have cropped up even during his great seasons. Uh, but for me, the thing is what do the we're, we're recording this about two weeks before the trade deadline, the Major League Baseball trade mm -hmm. deadline, and team, you know what prospects are the are the Yankees going to give up to shore up that pitching staff to get another arm in there to get them get them some extra help, maybe get them some help in the bullpen because they've had a role. This Chapman went on the D. So the Yankee, you know, the Yankees are great. Um, I, you know, I, I just look at, the, I think the Rays, they always seem to figure something out in that, in, in that mm -hmm. division. They're just so well run. I think they're going to sneak into a wild card spot and then they're going to, they could be, they could get on a run in, in October. Uh, Toronto, you know, they lost Han Jin Ryu, former Dodger. They're, he's, it, it's going to be tough. And the, the Red Sox yesterday had Chris Sale leave the game, uh, you know, with, and, and uh, so it could be something that, you know, do they, run out of pitching themselves i mean they're another team that hits but uh i man it's gonna be hard i mean it, i was just in a conversation with someone on on uh, uh on saturday with a couple of people one who uh one who's a fantasy baseball slash fantasy football analyst and another one is a diehard yankee fan um mm -hmm. And so we were talking about like, who you know, who's the tough, who's the team to beat. And I said, as much as I think the Yankees are the team to beat uh, the, right now, I think when you get to October, when you get to the teams going against the great pitching staffs, I th still think the team to beat in the American league is Houston. 
They've still got a bunch of guys who grind at bats. Mm -hmm. They do not strike out. And those are the teams that traditionally do well in October. So I'm glad um, you brought them they, up. And the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> as great as they are, they still strike out. So right. that is that that is the tough part, um, you know. And the, and those teams end up going into the going into the postseason, and they have just they they end up running into a, the number one pitchers. Which they're what are they doing? Who are the teams that advance? They're the they're the teams mm -hmm. with the number one pitching staffs, the best pitching staffs mm -hmm. in baseball. The, and so when they go up against those guys, that's when you see the, 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 you know, you see the pitching lines of like, you know, seven innings, one run, 12 strikeouts. And then you, you just go, you know, you get both sides on the, out of the bullpen. So uh, that's why I'm still, uh, I'm still calling for the Astros to be the, the team to beat in the American league. I think that the twins are a little bit of a surprise uh, in the mm -hmm. central. I think there were, there, there was expectation. They weren't going to be as good. Um, you know, the, I think the big expectation was the white Sox were going to be good. Uh, they're, they're, you know, middle of the pack right now. I believe they're third in that light. Yeah. They're third, they're third 40. They're at 500, 46 and 46. Same record as Baltimore. And this is a team yes. that was that was the heavy favorite in the in the in the AL Central. Cleveland has been a bit of a pleasant surprise. Their their uh, their minor leaguers have kind of come up and turned them to uh, turn into major league player quality major league players. But um, really, when mm -hmm. it comes down to it, I, I think when it comes down to the ALCS, it's going to be Houston and the and the Yankees. Though the Mariners are making some noise, fourteen games in a row mm -hmm. leading into the leading into the All Star game. All star break, so it's uh, it's it's perfect uh, segue, man. Yeah, the American League is uh, the American League that is very top heavy this year. That's the perfect segue. I love the fact that you brought up Houston. I actually was going to bring Houston into this conversation. Staying with the American League, I I agree. I was actually going to talk on. I you know as much as I think that the 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 Yankees definitely seem like the scariest team. When the Yankees are great, it's like yes, I guess in every sport. You know, you're going to get all that, all that marketing, free marketing, because it's the Yankees. They, they're just going to strike just because they're the largest legacy team, possibly in all of sports. When you think about it, they've, they've probably had the longest tenure of that branding of who's the best mm -hmm. for the past hundred, hundred years or so from Babe Ruth all the way through all the different iterations of championship Yankee baseball. So, you know, obviously they ha haven't had as much a run the past couple of decades since Jeter's time and um, decade or so. But when I think about Houston, and I think Houston wanted to, they made sure to let everyone know, maybe two, three weeks ago, right? When they actually met. And they seemed yeah. to absolutely, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe the Yankees, Houston put it to them. And so as much as I think from a marketing perspective, as we segue into the National League, great stuff on, on the American League. As much as I think that the league is possibly asking, they will never verbalize it, Yankees-Dodgers. <laughs> Yankees-Dodgers, because obviously the two major markets in the country, the two largest markets in the country, the, the arguably the two biggest names in baseball traditionally, Brooklyn Dodgers, Bronx Bombers from for the Yankees. You have all that. No offense, Mets fans. And so it's it's that whole thing. The two biggest names are the Dodgers and, and the Yankees, right? And uh, no offense to my buddies who are new, uh, San Francisco Giants fans either, but sorry, it's it's the Dodgers and the, and the Yankees. So if they who are the, Gi it, the Giants? Who? 
Who? Are they still in the league? I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 12 and a half games back talk- of the Dodgers right now. <laughs> 12 and a half. Yes, not not so much. So I'm not, I'm not worried about them. And we're going to talk about them in a second. But as far as the, as far as how the West is looking for the Dodgers, or the National League for the Dodgers' perspective. But Yankees and the Dodgers, I think that's one of the dream matchups for the league as far as revenue generation and things of that nature. Ratings. But I believe that the unheralded team that 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 I think could bring in just as much revenue, it's all about stories, right? If the Houston Astros actually make it to the World Series against the, the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think the storylines from that because of Trash Can Gate are going to be just as probably bigger than anything you could put together with the Dodgers and the Yankees. I mean, there's nothing new. There's nothing that big traditionally as far as Dodgers and Yankees, but current, you know, we're all about that, that five minutes of recent fame. What's happened with trash kit, trash can gate recently. What was that? Three years ago, four years ago, Uh, five years ago, 2017. It was recent enough to where people are going to say, yeah, we got to see this. Oh, people still remember. People still remember. I actually think I'm looking forward to a final in the AL between Houston and the Yankees. I'm actually very interested in seeing the American League Championship Series between Houston and New York. I think it would be fantastic. So that would be my choice on that side into the league thus far. All the other teams you name, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, Baltimore, the White Sox, you know, Cleveland, you mentioned in Minnesota. I think they'll all have good runs. Seattle's doing quite well, but um, I don't, I think when it comes down to it exactly for the reasons you named, the pitching, the hitting, the combination of all those things, great coaching with Dusty Baker. You know, I think Houston is going to, I think they're okay with being quiet right now. Yeah, let everybody talk about what's happening in, in the Bronx. Uh, they, they can go ahead. When, when it comes down to it, we're going we're gonna to see these boys. And I think the Yankees... They will never say it. I think they're a little hesitant to want to meet Houston at that point. <laughs> so, oh, I believe let's move so. On to the, totally believe so. Yeah, so let, I agree. So let's move on to the National League and, and tie this up a little bit. So as far as National, everyone expected the, the Dodgers. You, wanna, you actually gave me some great information, our audience, some great information at the beginning in the podcast in April regarding the Mets. And you explained why you felt they were going to have a very strong season. And thus far, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job. I think they've had a couple of downs, but I mean, they're sitting there. They're looking actually pretty good. They're currently at 58 wins. That's not bad at all. 58 and, and 35. They've done it, and they've done it without the Cy Young Award winner, Jacob deGrom, and more Correct. than half the season without J- and Max Scherzer, the other multi-time Cy Young Award winner. That To me, as, gr- as great as I think the Dodgers are, I think the Mets are the, are, are the biggest contender for the mm-hmm. Dodgers. Because that's that, who I fear yes. when they get those if when they get those two guys at the front of the rotation coming in mm-hmm. and just, you know, breathing fire and, blow, you know, and just blowing fastballs. I think it's just you look at that one and there's just every reason to think that that is going to be a tough t- it's going to be a tough way to win to win four games against those two guys when those two guys are any you know any of those four games when those guys are going in a short season short series in that rotation I, absolutely I, 
I look at those guys. They've got they've got some guys who can hit. You know, you've got uh, a couple of pesky hitters at the top of the lineup. Brandon, uh, you know, Nimmo. You've got Jeff McNeil, who's uh, who, who's a tough out. You got Francisco Lindor, who's starting to hit. He's got some he's got some power. Mm-hmm. His batting average is kind of low. Pete Alonso is one of the RBI leaders in the, in the in the major leagues. So uh, they've got just enough, and they've got they've gotten really good pitching from guys other than Degrom and Scherzer, which is going to mm-hmm. serve them well. But really, honestly, if they've got both Degrom and Scherzer healthy in October, with not as many miles on them because of time spent mm-hmm. on the on the IL, mm-hmm. they're they're going to be a tough out. They are going to be a yep. tough out. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think that they are going to do a phenomenal job. Um, and it's interesting because they're also in New York that they don't necessarily get the national hype that the Yankees right. receive. Mm-hmm. And I think if 1A is, as far as from the MLB's perspective, the league itself, that they're wishing, hoping, and praying for a Dodger-Yankee final, I, 1B, I believe, for them would be Mets and the Yankees. I'd watch that. I'd be very interested in watching that, actually. A New York, New York World Series. You know, mm-hmm. the Sinatra. Yeah. New York, New, New York, York. New York, exactly. <laughs> We'd never hear, I would never hear the end of it from my buddies who are from New York, right? Uh, and so that's why I've always wished for a always kept my fingers crossed for something with the Dodgers and the Angels but our poor Angels they're they're like our Clippers right I I love they're both lovable teams but man you want to talk about surprise to me the surprise is they're not better I mean you've got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout Mm -hmm. MVPs among the best probably they're two of the top five maybe the top three best players in baseball and the Angels haven't been able to do it. And it, it's yep. it, it's tough. I mean, they haven't – it's really tough because I've got friends in that organization. I want them to win. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I want them to be good. And I want to see Mike Trout win a playoff game. That You know, think about mm-hmm. that. Since making his major league debut in 2011, he has not won any playoff games. I mean, it's such an amazing player that he is. I look at him and I just want – I, I want him to have enough pitching and it's like, it looked like they might've had enough this year mm-hmm. you know, adding Noah Syndergaard and it's, it just hasn't worked, you know, and they've, you know, fired Joe Madden, then uh, put in Phil Nevin and things mm-hmm. haven't really changed. So to me, that is one of the biggest surprises this year. The fact that that team is so has, is so far down in the standings. I mean, I, I look, look at those standings right there in their fourth place, 14 games under 500. Here we are at the all-star mm. break. I just, it, it's, it's wrong. Something is wrong. Those two guys yeah. are too good not to, not to, not to be there. I mean, I know losing Anthony Rendon for a period of time is, is, is rough. So get better soon. Cause that's a beautiful ball player when he's healthy. Couldn't agree more. I agree completely on all that. So we're not going to see our free freeway series. Yeah. I wonder physically how far the Mets actually are from the Yankees. Cause you and I both know angel stadium is really not that far from Chavez ravine. Uh, so it's not that far from Dodger stadium in any way, shape or form. That would be kind of nope. cool if that ever happened for LA. Um, that would be nice. I'd love to see that happen, but we'll see. I agree with you. I hope, Otani and Trout are able to get some help over the next couple of years. Please. It would be interesting to see them take take these uh, guys to the finals while the Dodgers are still going another way. Speaking of the Dodgers, so we will segue to the National League. We mentioned uh, how the Mets, the the World Series champs, the Braves, are sitting at a little above 500. They're at 56 and 
38. So 596 winning percentage. Yeah. And uh, outside of, of those two, their division, their league, their division isn't necessarily that strong. Milwaukee and St. Louis tied at the break. Well, 50 and 43, 50 and 44, respectively. Mm-hmm. And um, Pittsburgh, man, there's always some team that's not doing that well against the rest of the league, but when they play our Dodgers, and we're not doing a Dodger yeah. homer set here, <laughs> they just cream the Dodgers. They own the Dodgers this year, the Pirates do. I have a good buddy who's a Pittsburgh uh, Pirates fan, and he's he's as objective as he can be about it, but he understands that they get quite lucky when they're against us. So we understand we don't have – we. if you look at our April episode, Jorge and I actually don't have too many – there aren't that many surprises Jorge mentions the specifics of why he felt the Mets, the Yankees, um, everyone else up in that division, Houston in particular, the people that we discussed at the top of the season, the ones that we actually felt were going to do quite well. So pretty much what he recommended, what he suggested, what he uh, his prognostication at the very beginning was on point. So kudos to him. Even the things where he's not surprised. So neither one of us are really surprised with the way things have unfolded. So let's talk a little bit about some of the details of baseball itself. The, what do we call it? The, uh, the pitching deal, uh, the electronic earpiece. Yes. What do you think so far has happened? I've only seen one game where there was a situation where the, the pitcher was just, I, I can't hear. I can't. One malfunction. Tech, it's going to happen. It was not a big deal. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on um, the infield shift? Because I want the infield shift to go away. I love that the pitchers have the the tag in their ear they can hear. The infield shift is another whole thing that I'm kind of like, nah. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Go for it. Well, the shift is supposed to be gone next year. So we're going to have yes. two two fielders on each side of the ball, on each side of the second mm-hmm. base bag, and I, I think it's I think it's going to bring back athleticism. It's going to bring back a need for good defenders. You can't yes. hide a guy at second base just because you're going to be positioning him in the right spot. So you're going to need you're you're going to need good defenders. I think we're I think when we see highlights, I think we're going to see more great plays um, mm-hmm. that way. I I think uh, so so that that's one thing. And uh, when we're talking about um, the the technology, I think I think using that is as more and more players are adopting that. I think it's going to mm-hmm. make the game quicker. Um, there there are a lot of. I, I was just listening to a podcast uh, by someone I used to work with. Uh, he was. Uh, that he was interviewing one of the heads of that that's making that's testing out some of these changes in the minor leagues and in some places the games that that had the exact same number of you know uh, of frames i mean of 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 innings half innings uh the same number of runs same number of hits the games in the minor leagues were taking up to 30 minutes shorter so, you know, it's going to be a quicker game. Hopefully there's going to be more uh, base running, more base stealing. Uh, mm-hmm. Pitchers maybe won't have enough time to rest in between pitches. So maybe that 101 turns into 98 and all of a sudden maybe it gets, maybe it gets, you know, hit for a line drive out of the ballpark or for, you know, into the, into the gap for a double changes, changes coming. And I think it's, I, I think it's going to make the game more palatable. I, they keep saying that guys are going to be running more, base running, stealing bases. Mm-hmm. 
I'd love to see that. I, I still, I've gone on so many, uh, so many different people's uh, podcasts who ask me my thoughts of, of uh, what's going to make baseball better. And I tell them, I said, look, you give me a team that doesn't strike out a lot, puts the ball in play, has a little bit of pop, doesn't have to have any, I mean, it could have a bunch of guys hitting 20 to 20, you know, 15 to 25 home runs, but they have, they, they, they don't strike out. They hit a lot of, they, they make contact. They hit a lot of gappers and they run the base as well. They, they steal the bases. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I still think that team can, can win a lot and can win a lot of games. I, it, it reminds me the what I'm describing is I believe it was the 1985 St. Louis Cardinals. That was a team that had Tommy Herr with 110 RBIs and nine home runs because he had all these jackrabbits on in front of him. And he was mm -hmm. just, all he did was just hit doubles in the gap, singles and doubles in the gap. And he just, uh, and, and these guys, you know, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Vince Coleman, they were ahead of him and they were just, you know, turning around, you know, turning, turning and turning and turning, sco scoring a ton of runs. Mm -hmm. I think it's very possible that we could see something like that happen. So uh, then be okay. successful in the major leagues. That's, that's interesting because that brings me to, to my next point. I, I, I know you didn't have a chance to watch with your busy schedule the College World Series, but what I recognize, and I sat down and listened to some of the games, on that note of hitting those jackrabbits, bringing that back, mm -hmm. um, a little bit more of the traditional baseball, which is the game that we love, we all grew up with. What I'm seeing, what just took place in the College World Series, let me see if I actually have this correct. So they had, it was it was an insane amount. So there were 424 home runs hit just in the regionals and super regionals for the College World Series. 424, not the regular season. We're talking about the beginning of the, their playoffs. 424 home runs, which was a tournament record. Um, that's All I know is the energy I experienced watching a few of the games. College football itself. And I'm thinking, yep. okay, college football is very unique. We have March Madness with a college basketball. You have all these the, the traditions that are much older than the pro traditions. Oh, absolutely. In football and baseball and basketball. And, and the university stuff has been, or the college stuff has been around a, a, a much longer time than anything on the pro side. And so what we've seen, the transition of the feeder school of all these pro-type players in college football moving to the NFL, and we can see that progression. When you talk about, hey, if the teams do this, 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 that's more of a traditional approach, more than likely they will win. And everything that you name with those old, those um, former St. Louis teams, uh, the, the, the strategy, to me, I look at it, it's more of a strategy play rather mm -hmm. than just swinging for the fence. I love the home runs. Everybody loves slam dunks. Oh, Everybody loves There's... a touchdown. But it's still a team sport. You have to win. You have to do certain things. You have to play chess, not just checkers of dunking on somebody, slamming dominoes on the table, dominoes, calling out dominoes. So it's more about all the strategy and the chess playing. And so what I'm seeing at the college level doesn't necessarily sync with what you stated, which I love what you stated, as a matter of fact, about more of the strategy game, get rid of the shift. Let's make sure the athleticism comes back into play. Okay, I know I have a gap here, and my guy's on sec. I like that that chess move thinking in baseball. That's why we grew up with it. We 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 love oh, the, absolutely. all that. I love that. So the analytics they've kind of warped that old chess move thinking that we had that strategy back in the day. Um, but I'm just thinking that I don't know if 
college football is the feeder to the NFL, and we love it. It's very similar what they do in college football. What's happening in college baseball doesn't necessarily seem as though it's going to be conducive to these guys transitioning to the way MLB is going because they are hitting home runs after home run after home run in college baseball. That's With aluminum bats. foundational piece. With aluminum bats. <laughs> so are we truly going to have guys – Guys come out of Clemson and Alabama and USC and all these other traditional legacy schools, and they're they're ready for the NFL. They're playing, for the most part, a pro-style game in college football. But college baseball, they aren't necessarily playing a pro-style game. So what do you think is going to happen? The draft just took place yesterday mm -hmm. for Major League Baseball. Do you think – that we're going to have some problem here in the next five to eight years. We're talking about things that we feel would, and I agree with everything you said about the, the, uh, the strategy, the St. Louis teams of the, of the past. That's how you win in baseball. Yes, you can add some new elements to it, but how do you think you move forward if that's your pool of people and they're only doing things X way? Well, that's the, that's the tough part. I mean, the elite hitters do make the transition. Uh, a lot of them try out. I mean, the big transition is going to wood bat. So that's the big thing. But I think if you're mm -hmm. drafting players who have athletic ability and I mean, I've talked to scouts before they look for, they, they look for traits. They look for, you know, in a high school player, they can look and see, you know, if he's played multiple sports, does he, when he concentrates on one, does all of that athleticism kind of come to fruition? Matt Kemp is a great example. Someone that I've talked to scouts who, who picked it, who drafted him and they said they liked him, but they thought that once he concentrated just on baseball, that his, that his talent and athleticism were going to take off. I think right now we're seeing, we're, we've still got the best athletes that we've ever had playing the game. And uh, I mean, no one's done what Shohei Otani has ever done. I mean, they're they're incredible, incredible ball players out there. Ronald Acuna is is an example of a, a magnificent player. Obviously, Trout has been doing it for more than a decade and is still one of the best. Mookie Betts at the Dodgers, Trey Turner, two guys who really, really blend you know uh, talent and athleticism in, in the game. I think that's what we need to see more of, and and I think baseball is starting to take some take some of those athletes away from football because guys are looking at baseball as having the longer career span so you know you could have you can maybe think if you're an all-star you can maybe carve out a 15-year career where in the nfl it might be you know eight to ten if you and that's if you're one of the great ones usually it's right. four to five right. um so guys are maybe maybe leave you know leaving leaving football for for ba you know for baseball uh especially when they see that money i mean yeah mm -hmm. Hopefully, guys are cho are choosing what they what they love. But when it comes down to it, on the uh, on on the college side, what's going to come? What's going to translate is how does that power translate to the to the big leagues? Um, because they really keep an eye on that. That is one of those things. What mm -hmm. what they're what what scouts are always looking for. They're looking for hitting ability. Just a bit, you know, putting you know putting uh, you know bat to ball contact. Bat to ball. Yeah. And then, so is this guy a hitter and does this guy have power? So they isolate the two, the two skills. 
And so, uh, you know, it's it's no secret. Some of the best college hitters become some of the highest drafted players. I mean, uh, uh, I think it was Matt Holliday's son was uh, com- coming out of uh, Oklahoma. He is he, he was the top pick. Uh, because they, the reason why they love the elite hitters in, in, in college baseball, a lot of times if they're elite hitters in college baseball, they will become a, a really good, they, they will usually transition to the big leagues in about a year and a half. So mm-hmm. about a year and a half after wow. they, they make it to, they, uh, they get drafted. So the guys that are getting drafted right now, a lot, a lot of them, they get rushed through and maybe, you know, if they're, if, and they will jump up more than likely, they will jump up to double A at some point next year. And then if they're dominating there, they'll go triple A and then, uh, and then, you know, maybe make it either make it to the big leagues early in 2024 or, uh, mm-hmm. at some point during the season, if they're dominating in the minor leagues. But again, no, it's maybe a half a dozen to 10 players that, you know, from this draft that are going to, that are going to be able to do that. And maybe one, only one within or two that of them. time frame. Yeah, within that time frame, and then you know maybe really only one or two of them becomes a perennial all star, so maybe becomes an Alex Bregman, becomes a, you know that kind of that kind of hitter, the college hitter who comes up and you know and and destroy you know just you know sets fire to the league. So that's that's one guy um, that who's coming who's coming to mind. I'm trying to think of the, uh, who are some of the other ones. Um, you know, the, he's, he's one of the best examples, uh, you know, a lot of the, mm-hmm. uh, international players, uh, Dominican players, mm-hmm. Venezuelans, uh, have come up and done, and Cubans, uh, in the American league, Jordan Alvarez is one of the MVP candidates and he's a Cuban player, but yeah, you want to see, um, you know, what, what translates over and uh, what translates over is going to be good hitting. And uh, and power pitching, power pitching. They always look for power pitching with at least one, you know, one breaking ball, a curveball, a slider, a secondary pitch, a really good changeup that that they can that so that they're not just coming in and players are teeing off on their fa- on the fastball. That makes sense. And speaking yeah. of that, before we get out of here, yeah, we talked on the American League, the National. Now we didn't even close oh, yeah. up. As far as the national is concerned, I do expect the Dodgers to be at the top of their division. Oh yeah, easy in in a you know not just from being a Dodger fan, but also because I do believe that you you kind of poked at the Giants earlier, <laughs> and uh, you know rightfully so you're a Dodger fan, so you should. But I do believe that the Giants and the poor Padres, man, they. I like the Padres. I grew up like enjoying them, but I, they were never a threat to the Dodgers when we grew up. But it was one of those things. They have so much potential, but injuries and things keep compounding on their end. So I'm not so concerned about Arizona or Colorado this season. San Francisco, I think, is going to, unless something crazy happens. I don't believe this is the San Francisco of last year. Um, no. And so I think the Dodgers should sail through with no problem. The Mets and Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be strong. Uh, but the Mets, as you stated at the top, are just, I think they're going to pull it through. That's central. Milwaukee, St. Louis. St. Louis, when they played the Dodgers the other day, they looked really good. But I don't know if that in the latter half of the season is going to pull them through. 
I don't see much coming from Milwaukee, St. Louis, Pitt, Chicago Cubs, and Cincinnati. So I don't think anyone from the Central. And honestly, from the East, Atlanta and New York, no one else. And on the Dodgers side. So I actually think in the National League, there's an easier way. Dodgers just have to deal with the Mets. That's it. They all make it to the National League Championship Series. So I believe those are going to be the two teams as it stands today uh, that should be able to make it to the National League Championship Series in order to play either either the Astros or the Yankees. Let's say you. So the big thing with the Dodgers that to me it's it's utterly amazing what they've done so far this season. They're sixty and thirty going to the all in the All Star break, and they these are the player. I mean, Walker Bueller did not pitch effectively, and he's currently on the shelf until Labor Day. So that's another month mm-hmm. and a half more. Julio Urias has pitched well, but uh, you know, you look at it, Kurt Clayton Kershaw, All-Star Game starter. I just saw, I, I just saw it came up. So, you know, making it making his first All-Star Game start, and he's mm-hmm. doing it at Dodger Stadium. So, how special is that? He That's missed awesome, a month. Yeah. He missed a month, but he's coming back, and he, he's come back, and he's pitched well. Mookie was out. Mookie was out for a couple weeks, but you know, and then you look at the fact Max Muncie. You know, he's been one of the most valuable players on the Dodgers the past the past you know four or five years. He's hitting. 160. Cody Bellinger, mm-hmm. MVP a couple years back, hitting 210. And mm-hmm. Justin Chris Turner is out. Chris Taylor's out hurt. Justin Turner, he's just now starting to get but his batting average is under mm-hmm. 250. They are doing it on the really on the backs of you mentioned Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, and Will Smith. They are really yeah. doing it on those guys. And then they've really ridden a bullpen that's also been decimated by injuries and Craig Kimbrell has not made anyone forget about Ken, about Kenley Jansen in his prime. He Craig Kimbrell mm-hmm. is, you know, has, has been erratic at best, but yet they've been able to string together so many wins and they've built up such a lead on the rest of the league that it's just going to be, they, they're going to be able to coast in the month of September and Good. be and and they could even cruise in and possibly have the best record in the National League and be uh, be the be the team that's uh, that that gets the first round by in the playoffs. And that so awesome. at, at that point, it's at that, yeah. No, I think I think this is amazing. I mean, the Dodgers, they're you know when they get healthy, they're going to get uh, within the next month. They're supposed to get Andrew Heaney and Dustin mm-hmm. May back. So Dustin May, who was pitching fantastic last year before he, you know, before he uh, his elbow barked up and said he, you need Tommy John surgery. So you had those two guys back to the rotation. You've already got two all-star pitchers and Tony Gonsolin and, and uh, Tyler Anderson. And then you had those two, and then you possibly add Walker Bueller. You almost don't need reinforcements during the uh, MLB trade deadline, though I think it would be smart if they had uh, both bullpen and pitching. Uh, but this is uh, uh, th- this has been. Uh, I, I know he gets a lot of crap. Is uh, he being Dave Roberts? I think this has been mm-hmm. a masterful job of him managing the team. And uh, I, you know, I just, I just think, I just think this is a, this is an incredible team that I think we're gonna, as fans, we're gonna really enjoy seeing how far they go in October and maybe November, That's awesome. depending. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. And with everything that you stated regarding the Mets. Even with all that that's going on with the Mets, yeah. they're having they have an incredible season thus far. Yep. You still feel if they were to match up as objectively as you can that the Dodgers should, especially at the end of September, have that edge. 
I think they would. I mean, it, it, it's really going to come down to, with me, it's going to come down to how the Mets uh, are pitching at that time. How healthy are they? And if they're healthy and they're pitching well, I mean, that's a scary team. That is one scary team. Uh, they don't have left-handed pitching, which still seems to give Dodgers a, a hard time. But uh, I look at them, and I mean, uh, that, that's what you want out of the playoffs. You want the best of the best playing against each up against one another. And it's, uh, I, oh, I think you can't sleep on Atlanta because when they're healthy, they know how to pitch. Yeah. They know how to pitch. Mm -hmm. I'm still so surprised at the fact that the Dodgers have Freddie Freeman. From yeah. that Atlanta team last year, hitting three twenty one, hitting three twenty one, barely got out in the All Star game though on Sunday afternoon. Think about that. You have <laughs> Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and most of the guys that you mentioned that we 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 both know. It's not about just potential. The guys such as Max Muncie, even Gavin Lux, mm -hmm. Bueller. Pitching Bueller with his tight pants. They can't get him to put on some fitting <laughs> pants. Like, man, I understand you're a young guy, but that whole tight jeans thing is killing these guys. You can't run. You can't move as effectively as you should. So uh, it, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here because we'll, we'll get a little bit more into the Dodgers in a second here. But I just every I wanted to make sure that we had a clear understanding as to why we think the Dodgers are gonna, going to be the favorite moving forward and looking forward to a potential head-to-head -head with New York with the Mets would be great. And then potentially either Houston or the Yankees on the other side. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here real quick, but I have some other questions for you, but it's interesting that the all-star game has come up as great as the Dodgers may be. I'm not a fan and we don't have to discuss it too much of everyone having an all-star player. I know that's an inclusive thing they have in the league. I understand where they're coming from, but just, just, as a fan, most all-star games aren't necessarily to my liking to begin with. I gave up on the NBA all-star game, to be honest, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, uh, It is a glorified pickup game, and that's okay too, by the way. But these players and the contracts have become so valuable in basketball that if I happen to be an owner of a team – and Durant's out there or LeBron's out there and it is a glorified pickup game and that's not a negative it's an incredible array of talent that you're seeing there mm -hmm. but oh man he stepped on so-and-so's foot oh somebody gave an errant uh bow in the face and it happens quite a bit or just the the regular wear and tear on the bodies those mm -hmm. big bodies in basketball moving around football's all-star game I don't think I've taken a look at a football all-star game in I can't remember the. I don't think you didn't want to watch last past year. Years. You did not want to watch last the the one you know that was the week before the Super Bowl. It was glorified touch. It was just it was like a seven on seven drill. Guys were just that's the thing. It was it was pathetic. It was a it was a horrible display of football. I I understand why the guys don't want to take the hits because yes. you know one hit one bad one bad hit could end a career. And I'm like you know what. You don't need to take unnecessary hits in exhibition games. Uh, I say that's where stars. I was going with this. Yeah. yeah, as bad as it is in basketball, it's ten times worse to potentially play in a football all star game. Yeah. So the baseball game is the only one I felt could be somewhat competitive, but even then, because you got you and I both know that a big part of the strategy for pitching, especially in tight games, rivalry games, things of that nature, they come in tight. 
They zing you a few times. You're not going to do that in an all-star game. So that takes yeah. that off of the table, right? So it's not really a true all-star game where the best of the best are all competing. It's right. just – so I don't know. The older I grow, the less – I have less and less interest in all-star games across the board. And that's okay because my desire would be to see – LeBron and KD and all those guys go at it, each other and and to see, you know, um, let's just say Tom Brady and Kyler Murray. I'm just throwing out names, guys that yep. are interesting to watch. And you're right. It's such a violent sport on the football level. These big bodies in basketball, a lot can happen. Same with baseball. They're not truly using every tool in the toolbox that you normally would in a regular season baseball game as you could in the All-Star game. It's just not going to happen. So anyway, anyway, the All-Star game is what it is. I'm glad the players that are not participating, they get a little bit of break. I'm glad the players that have showcased their talents to a high level are receiving just due, and it's mm -hmm. an opportunity for them to get the nod from the, the, um, all of the people in, in the country to get to watch them. So I actually think out of the three majors that the baseball one is the closest thing to a competitive, a truly competitive game, just because of how the game is structured. Now let's leave on this. Um, you and I have discussed, I think there will be a new team somewhere ah, soon yes. in major league baseball. I personally think Vegas is turnkey. It's become more of a destination. I was in Vegas for a week in May. Uh, for uh, uh, something I had to do for work. And I had not been to Vegas in 14 years prior to that week. And the growth in that city, and I grew up going to Vegas all the time, so I know Vegas like the back of my hand, until I made it there in May, the last week of May. Mm -hmm. I could not believe the amount of construction that's going on. What's happening now that the Raiders are there. It doesn't make it's more of a destination for international travelers to American soil than most major cities. They will come to Vegas first and then bounce to other places. Of course, New York and L.A. and San Francisco. Those are still mm -hmm. primary destinations. But Vegas is right there with them. It's some place that people feel they have to go see when they come from Europe or Asia or South America. What's this Las Vegas thing? Then they go to Vegas. So now that they have a major football team, I have a young cousin that just wrapped up the season. I think it's arena football in Vegas. The um, oh, They're going to get mad at me. The name of his team. Uh, whatever the Vegas arena Vegas football gamblers. Team is, they, we'll call them the Vegas gamblers. Let's call them the Vegas gamblers. Yes, he <laughs> was. And this is a young cousin of mine who played at Purdue, played in the Big mm -hmm. Ten. And he is, uh, like a lot, they have options to play at the USFL. And he plays at the arena for the arena team over there in, in Vegas. There's so much going on in that city. It makes sense to bring a Major League Baseball team there. Other, th They have to have an indoor facility, though. There's yes. no way in June through, hell, in May, May all the way through October when the season's over, that you're going to be outside there. There's no possible way. But well, they it's have like Arizona. Land. It's like Arizona. Do they have a, a they dome have a close, in Arizona? They have a retractable roof. But it, you know, basically from like Mother's Day till the end of the season, it's closed. I and think and it. it's yeah, the they, they keep it closed. Yes. I've been to I've been to that ballpark, beautiful ballpark. Uh it's pretty cool to watch a game indoors like that. I've been to indoor stadiums before. Uh it I agree. 
it would be a good place to uh, put it. Put a, but you uh, have another city that you like even more. Or I do. Much. I do actually another one and, and and a third one that I didn't that I didn't mention. But um, mm. first off, to, to talk to talk to the the Vegas idea. I think if they add a team, it's going to be two. They're going to have to have two teams because you got to keep an even number of teams. So they. I, I that's mean, where I was I think, going next. I think they look at thirty two teams for the NFL and just kind of think that's good kind of symmetry there. Uh, kind of breaking mm-hmm. things up. So I, I, I do think Vegas is good because, um, and a big reason why is because they, the, the NFL and, and actually pro sports have made peace with the fact that players aren't going to be bought out by gambling. So they can mm-hmm. be living in a city where where gambling on their sport is prevalent and they're not going to get involved in it. So I so they I think they look at that and it's it's a very important it's very important to have that. When I see Vegas as a possibility, I think I think it's great. I think um, they're going to be at enough elevation that it's going to be t- it's going to be tough to pitch there. The minor leagues uh, minor leagues have been there and that it was a place that was very high scoring, similar to Al- similar to the environment in Albuquerque. Um mm-hmm. So that's one thing I've heard Nashville is, is very much uh, because there's not really other than Atlanta, there's no real team that is kind of considered to be in the South. Um, you know, you've got your teams mm-hmm. in Texas, which Texas doesn't, you know, Texas is Texas. They, they, they mm-hmm. look at themselves. So Nashville would kind of, you know, would, would be become a popular place, a uh, popular possibility. It's, uh, you know, it's great sports city. Um, so I, I look at that as a possibility. Portland's another possibility too, because, um, again, another, they, they love their trailblazers. They've embraced the, Mm -hmm. the soccer league and they're very, they're, they're, it's a great sports town. They would probably also have to have a domed roof because, uh, you know, maybe a retractable roof because, rain is an issue uh would be an issue like the first couple months of the season um mm-hmm. but i think it's uh I, it's very much a possibility put another team in the pacific north northwest similar to uh, kind of like mm-hmm. proximity to the mariners so um it could happen i mean it could be expansion it could be i still think there's a possibility that the a's or the rays move uh move out of the move out of their teams and and go to go to bigger and better uh places if they get a new if they get new stadiums the the oakland coliseum which is actually i think it's i think it's six years uh younger than dodger stadium uh but it's Mm -hmm. just a relic right now and they've been the the, for 15 years the a's have been trying to move so they could be moved you never know the it could be the las vegas a's Mm -hmm. so you never know that could be kind of cool Boy, there would be a battle between the people of Oakland. Uh, there would be a lot to say, I think, about you guys stole both our teams. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the exactly. And the exactly. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be quite interesting. Well, that was good, man. I love the fact that we did a little wrap-up of how we got here in the Major League Baseball season, where we expect them to go moving forward, as well as some other things that are going to have a, a hand from the shifting of players, the electronic strike zone the the pitch uh mike i, I can mm-hmm. i have i butcher this every single time i don't even know what that is what the, the actual name of it is <laughs> but regardless of the players that are standing out the teams we feel that are going to push things through to the end mm-hmm. so a lot of good stuff going on in baseball and i really am looking forward 
if baseball really wants to make another impression on fans that are not showing up eyeballs on the television as well as other things, they need to make sure. I think expansion would help um, for this specific league. I don't think it would help in basketball at this juncture. Um, Football, potentially, but I think baseball would benefit the most from physical physical expansion, not necessarily moving something like the A's. I think they should add something to it. Baseball is still, if you can make it affordable, and that's difficult, but if you go to towns such as Vegas and Portland, I think um, it would actually be a lot easier for families to go to a game. When I was in Vegas, as a matter of fact, we were at Mandalay Bay for this convention. And I'll never forget, we were exiting one evening, the second evening we were there, and there are just thousands of people. And I'm thinking, ah, it's a it's a it's a massive, you know, a massive casino hotel. They have concerts, they have everything in one. And how many are there are multiple casinos of this stature? And I was like, what's it wasn't thousands, it was hundreds, but it was a lot of people walking opposite us leaving the convention. And we're like, well, what's what's going on? All the guys said, oh, we have a game, a WNBA game here tonight. And I know WNBA, WNBA does not do well as far as um, eyeballs on the screen. And um, there, that's another whole conversation. But bottom line, it was very cool to see all these layers of families walking. It's 105 outside. Ooh. All these families rolling into this massive casino. And they had the WNBA game in the casino. Well, in the hotel, you know, they have massive convention halls. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to bring in a wood floor and get stands because they're not going to get, but I don't know, a few thousand people there for a WNBA game. But the concept, the idea of it, all these families, and it's another something to do in a mid-sized city in the country. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I don't think they need to shuffle the A's. I think the A's have a great well, I mean, they moved the Raiders, but the Raiders are so unique. That's a, that's crazy. That they makes just sense need to figure we, out a new. They just need to figure out a new ballpark. You know, their yes, their their ballpark is just it, it's not it, it's a it's the only I believe it's the only stadium that was also at one point used for football. I think every stadium now uh, is completely a baseball stadium. Maybe Toronto uh, um, still is occasionally used for football, but really everything mm-hmm. else is 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 baseball only angel stadium used to be used by the rams but that that's mm-hmm. been renovated a long time ago so uh yeah i want to i i want to see them get a new ballpark i'd It'll love to see them stay or just get a new ballpark i think nashville is growing exponentially i think yeah. nashville would be a phenomenal destination i think the fan base there is fantastic and i think vegas would be a phenomenal place so many people are moving there i think people will come you get new fans to the game things to do right that have zero to do with sitting at a slot machine. People, that, that's that old idea of Vegas. It's like, no, Vegas, yes, they have the gambling element there on the strip, the traditional thing, but that's not what makes up today's Vegas. Vegas is a very dynamic city. It's an interesting place and growing. So anyway, with all that we've done today, we're running quite late, but I wanted to make sure that we spoke at length on some of the things that we felt were important regarding Major League Baseball, regarding some of the things that could affect it from the draft, what's happening in college baseball, as well as the potential of a new team, and also some of the technology. I love the idea of that. I don't want to get rid of umpires. I like umpires, but I do like that whole 
I do like the balls and stripes. You'll never get rid of umpires. Yes. You'll never get rid of somebody still has to somebody still has to say if if there's a play at the plate, somebody still has to rule out or safe. So uh, you know, there always will be umpires, just maybe not for the balls or strikes, and maybe that makes the game a little bit quicker. So I mean people are talking so. so much about game time. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you, my man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll connect soon. Gracias.